Good evening and welcome to another episode of the DFWTO podcast. I am your host, Casper. I'm your other host, Becky Grimman. Here to bring you all things spooky on Wednesdays because... Wednesdays are for spoops and podcasts. You know, for a hot second I thought you said boobs. Well, boobs too. I mean, we have them. I mean, having, and they can have spoops. Having them's great, but spoopy boobs. I like being in them anyway. <laughs> I want <laughs> spoopy boobs. I don't know why. Oh I my said god, it like spoopy that. boobies! Spoopy boobies. Spoopy boogie boogies. <laughs> spoopy boogies. That's not boogers. Not boogies. <laughs> Spooky boogies. Spooky boogies. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Pull out a booger out of your mouth. Let about Ren and Stimpy for a hot minute. And I had like a childhood <laughs> Your brain was like, do you remember? Do you remember the time? Okay, anyway. So guys, before we get started on our true crime paranormal crossover episode this evening, a word from our small Sarah. Calm your body down. Nice. Also, please excuse. Yeah, exclude. Excuse the lawnmower. <laughs> Apparently, my neighbor wants to mow the lawn at 6.30 Eastern time. Um, so, guys, right now, um, I know that there wasn't a lot of posting. I was out of town over the weekend, obviously, if you saw on Becky Gremlin's page, if you're not following me already. Um, which why why aren't you following you um i have been getting a lot of recent um like horror podcasts following me which is really awesome because that's like giving me more podcasts to listen to so i appreciate that it's been really cool um but as far as calm your body down um nothing really big to promote except um i am going to be posting about the uh tattoo wax um i just read an article recently that like tattoo appointments are going through the roof uh, roof over across the country because you know a lot of places are now completely opened back up california just opened up 100 percent yesterday so um order while you can free shipping everywhere in the u.s um, the link is in the bio. It's calm your body down everywhere on Etsy and Instagram. And, um, yeah, that's it. Can you please tell me why when you said order while you can, I sang whisper while you work. Nice. What the fuck brain? Anyway, calm your body down. Look at, listen to that. Did you hear both time was on keys? That's perfect. Both times were on key. Yeah, and if you guys didn't check, um, I was in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, down in Mothman country. Go back and listen to Mothman, fuck yeah! Right, it's like the best all American. All I'm imagining is like a bald eagle in a Ford truck. But instead of a bald eagle, it's, it's Mothman. It's a Mothman and a Ford truck. There was a lot of those down there. Doesn't get um, more American than that, unless it was oh Bigfoot. My God. <laughs> oh my God. Um, no, for real, it was really cool. Um, you know, it's just a regular tiny town. Oh my God. So I don't know. There's a festival there every September. I have no idea how 10,000 people converge on that town. Because let me fucking tell you. It is the tight. I mean, I've been to some tiny little towns. Compare it somewhere here, so I I know what you mean by um, size. Um, it's 
Cincinnati, Oxford, uh, Dayton. Well, Dayton's pretty big. Dayton, Dayton's pretty Have big. you ever been in like downtown Batavia, just where like Main Street is? Yes. Just that little it's tiny. It's very small. That is Point Pleasant. Could you imagine wow. 10,000 people in downtown Batavia? Nope. Yeah. That's it. Wow. That's, that is, that is small. I think they pretty much just shut Main Street down. And they would have to. There's only, so there is one hotel in town. It's an old historic hotel. There's three or four hotels in Galapagos, Ohio, which is right across the river. And then one exit up is one hotel. And the hotel that we were at, the guy told us that they book up he said they'll start booking up next month for september and they'll be they'll be completely sold out of rooms every hotel in town wow yeah over 10,000 people and like Oof. there's there's a lot of documentaries you can watch on discovery plus and like one of them they show footage from um one of the festivals and it is, you are elbows to assholes with people in this town. And they must, they they shut down the main street because you would have to. Like there's I said, no, they have to. Yeah, there's like no way you could. Because that's that's like where main uh, most of the main street parking is. Except for a few parking lots that are along where the flood walls are. Which are really gorgeous because they have these beautiful like murals painted. Are they still planning but, on um, doing it this year? Apparently this year they are. Um, the owner of the museum we talked to, uh, and he said this year that they're going to do it. But uh, me and Hubs were like, I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know about this year. That many, people that many. Like I would probably go. Space, period. If I was going to go back this year, I would probably go in October around like Halloween. Yeah. Um. Because it'll be a lot cooler. It was so fucking hot this past weekend. Oh my god, it was so hot. It was um, disgusting. It was disgusting where we Was were. it as humid there as it, it was here? It was... Okay, well, the I posted a couple of pictures. So the TNT factory, if people know the history of Mothman, and we talked about it in the episode too, that um, they're... It's just a big wildlife reserve now. So there's still a few bunkers left. But, like, there's no main trails to get to them. You have to just go walk into the woods and find into the them. Thick of it. Into the thick of it. Do you know, I got out of the car to take a few pictures and I'm going, we're getting through the woods. <laughs> Fucking. When TikTok's TikTok, ruining you. It's literally ruined my life. Um, and I was like, this is some Blair Witch shit. You pretty much just, you, you drive on a gravel road and then just park off to the side and walk into the woods never to be seen again until they find the fucking tapes. Like, that is basically... <laughs> and the woods are so dense. It's... they. I mean, they're very... It It was creeping us out the first, when we first... Even hub, even my hubby was a little creeped out because you're in some thick-ass woods. And I can totally understand why people would think they would see fucking Mothman, Bigfoot whatever there and i learned more about so like the movie the mothman prophecies was based on the book by john keel but john keel was actually more interested in there were numerous ufo sightings in the late 60s and early 70s over that tnt factory specifically in point pleasant like a lot of ufo sightings 
and um, also a lot of Bigfoot sightings. So like he put two and two, to, he was one of these believers that Bigfoot and Mothman were possibly extraterrestrials um, because of all the UFO sightings. So um, yeah, just the connection with that and like the silver bridge collapse and just the whole thing. Like it's, it's a re it's really cool. Like it's worth Very going. It's, it's totally worth going. I just don't know. I'm sure the festival's totally cool. Maybe one year, but like, holy shit, I'm telling you guys, that is the tiniest town, and I could not imagine squeezing 10,000 people in that so town. So is it like... I don't even think 10,000 people live in that town. So is it like Cincinnati Pride, if Cincinnati Pride was only in the park? If it was in Northside. If that many people that came to the one downtown were in Northside. How do you get anywhere? How do you walk anywhere? How do you breathe? <laughs> I don't know. Nope. I don't even like that not having to do with anything with COVID, much less with COVID. Exactly. Yeah. And at least, I mean, you're outside, but still, it doesn't if your matter. Elbow, if you're, someone's elbow is in your fucking mouth. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're outside. <laughs> you still can't breathe. Your elbow is in your mouth. Yeah. It's literally, it's, yeah, there's, it. that's, that would basically be the equivalent of it. It's no. so many people no. and nothing about that sound. No. You're like cattle. It's not appealing. No. No. But I would go. And like I said, I would go back probably around October because the weather would still be good. Yeah. And um, it'd be spoopier. You know what I mean? Because you're around Halloween. Like that would be, I feel like that would be a cool time to go down there. Um, and again, like not 10,000 people. <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's so many people. Yeah. Like the one documentary we saw on Discovery Plus, it what I, oh my God. They showed, like, a couple of clips, but it was enough for me to go, whoa, that is a lot of fucking people. No, Holy thanks. shit. No way. No, no. No. Well, I still no. can't wait to go visit Point Pleasant Sunday, so I look forward to that. It's cool. I mean, it's just a neat, like, it's really pretty. Like, the drive is gorgeous. And um, it's just in a really pretty area because you, you see you're like coming through part of Appalachia and you're right by the river. So there's like these really gorgeous views and driving kind of out of town where the nature reserve is. That's really beautiful too. So um, it's just a lot of really pretty countryside and it's quiet. You know what I mean? So um, we are, if you're an outdoorsy woodsy kind of person, also I can say here where we are in Cincinnati, there the, no fucking cicadas. Um, I think we've about hit... They're, they're starting to dwindle. They're pretty much at this point dying off. And uh, thank God, because I'm so done with them. They like, were so fucking loud. I'm so done with them. That my ears popped. The fuck? Yeah, my, my dad has a deck. And like, this has been the first year where we haven't been able to like enjoy it like at all at all you can't sit outside for more than five minutes you have a bliss you have like the worst headache of your life because the sound is like a car alarm in your in both ears and they're dive bomb in your face yep and yeah it's just they're too much i'm over it 
I'm over it. I'm so glad they're, and they don't freak me out. Like I wouldn't, oh my God, that story in the local news here where the guy, poor kid, he was like 20 years old and crashed his fucking car. That's why you your windows down. And the, well, he's like, I don't have air conditioning. Oh, well. And one flew in and landed on my face. They don't freak me out or scare me, but that that would shock me. I think that would it be would, kind of fucked up if you're driving. It like, would shock yeah, it might, me. I mean, I, I probably, you know, I probably swerve. I probably swerve. I don't know if I full on swerve into a telephone pole like he did. Right. But <laughs> I might swerve a little bit. A little bit. Like I probably would. I'd probably be a little shocked. I might. I might do a little body jerk something. Yeah, but I'm not gonna full on like. Fucking the whole wheel, 180 degree turn into a fucking telephone pole, sir. He went real fucking hard. Not the, he, like real hard. I was like, God damn. Okay, it's not a hornet. Like it wasn't a fucking bitch. If a bee, <laughs> there's a bee. I think if it was something that was gonna sting me, that that I probably would have. Yeah. Yes, the caters are so goddamn harmless. They're yeah, nothing. no. Now, if it was, if if it legitimately was like a wasp or a hornet about to sting me, yeah, I might, I might have fallen for that. I, I might have <laughs> accidentally killed myself. You know, not even gonna lie. Now that would have probably warranted slamming into a telephone pole. Like, if could it you was imagine legitimately like a hornet about to sting me in the fucking eyeball? Could like, you imagine like that happens? You know, you die. And they're like trying to find a cause, and they're like, "What the fuck happened?" Like they literally just drove off the road and killed themselves. And then you you forgot your fucking family, and you got your fucking friends. Like I didn't realize they were suicidal, and you know all this stuff. When in reality, meanwhile you fucking drove off the road because a fucking wasp flew in your window. A wasp almost <laughs> ended everything, guys. I didn't know what. Else. It was me versus the wasp. <laughs> the wasp one. No. I fought the wasp and the wasp one. Fucking wasp. Anyway, guys. Um, so, guys, tonight we have a very interesting episode that Becky has so kindly I found for us. I am. Th- I'm shook by this, guys. I have literally never, ever heard of a case like this. Um, so we've done episodes, there's been movies, there's been other podcasts that have talked about instances where um, like police or clergy or uh, just some type of other profession actually witness paranormal activity themselves. Um, one, one thing that brought to mind was like... Um, there's actually a show on Discovery Plus where first responders... That's a cool show. Where I know first responders will get paranormal activity. Yes. That's and I'm rad. sure they I like I'm that show. Totally sure they do. But like that's a given. But yeah, so um I've always been fascinated by stuff like that. Like where you have um someone that's a professional that's completely unrelated to the story or unrelated and and they uh will come in to a case of of supposed paranormal activity and they experience it themselves. And it's like, they'll write it up in a police report or a hospital report or anything. Like I've, I've always been fascinated by that. And I thought about like the infilled poltergeist case, like even though there's been a lot of speculation behind that case. um, One thing that was really cool that was even mentioned in the conjuring Two was the fact that police did witness 
um, I think like a chair, the chair move or something, and they put it in a police report. So that was really fascinating. And that was something that was not quite it. That was, wasn't of the norm that, uh, the police would not only be involved, but also witness it themselves. So with this case, um, I found out this, I know I shout them out a lot, but shout out again to scared to death podcast. I just, I, just fucking love that podcast so much. And, um, but this actually came from, they got the idea from an old unsolved mysteries episode. And I actually found it. Um, I know we've talked about Tubi before, totally free app, amazing old TV shows, movies. It's, Listen, it's Tubi, awesome. Tubi really is where um, it's at. Cause you know, Tubi has, Tubi is free. Yeah, I mean, and there are can... some real good gems on there, and there's some trash, and sometimes you just need trash. And it's it's a good mix of both mm-hmm. for completely free. And I'm, I'm and like every all single Bigfoot found footage movie is on these <laughs> Um, so the old Unsolved Mysteries episodes are on Tubi. Like I know that when you Google Unsolved Mysteries, it says Netflix, but that's the new Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, the old episodes are on Tubi. And this was from, it was the second season, episode 19. So it was the last episode of the second season was this story about Teresita Bassa. And I had never heard anything like this before ever. And it is documented there. It has been, there are uh, police reports, there's corroborating evidence um, that supports this story. And even in the um, old Unsolved Mysteries episode, they have the actual detective there that they interview. And um, that was a part of this case. And uh, basically, it's a story of a woman that was murdered who basically came back from the grave and solved her own murder. And guys, it's... I mean that that sounds, it sounds like, like a make, it, it sounds like a movie. That doesn't even I mean, sound like something that's real. What at lies all. beneath? That's will right. probably come to a lot of your minds because literally the moment she told me about this, I'm like, you just told me the plot of what lies beneath. I had woman totally gets killed about that movie, and that movie is so fucking. That good. woman gets killed, and then she comes. She's like haunting the house and trying to get the other woman to know. That her husband killed her, if I remember correctly. I think it was her husband. I don't remember. Because it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Yep. And and the woman. Harrison Ford? Uh, I don't remember who the man is. Is that Harrison Ford? Well, he was cheating on his wife. Yeah. And he killed her and tried to make it look like a suicide, I think. And um, I swear to God, I thought it was Harrison Ford. Miranda Otto. It is, Mar- it is uh, Harrison Ford. Amber Valletta is the one I was thinking of because she's yeah. in that silence. Yeah. Uh, okay. but Miranda Otto, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. I knew. It was, okay. I thought it was Harrison Ford. Yep. It is a really good movie. I I highly recommend it's it. It's actually very watch. If good. people have not seen this movie, um, I mean, sorry, we give, sorry, we basically gave away a lot of the plot, but it is. It, it kind of, you have to bring it up. But it's while still worth, this, but though, it's still worth watching i mean and again like we have to talk about it because it's really you know like you hear this story about teresita and you're like this sounds like a fucking movie and basically it was like that's what 
what lies beneath was like somebody comes back from the grave to solve their own murder and um i feel like another movie did that but i can't place my finger on but i mean like the fact that this really like you could still make this into a movie Mm -hmm. but this this really happened like this actually happened and there is more than enough evidence to show that it actually happened um so i'll just i'll start off with the first few paragraphs just kind of going over teresita's history before we get into the actual crime itself um she was born and raised in the philippines she was the only child of a prominent and wealthy couple she graduated from assumption college in manila and then moved to the United States and earned a master's degree in music from (laughs) Although music would always play a large part in her life, she eventually decided that she wanted to work in the medical field and she became a respiratory therapist. In 1977, Teresita was 47 years old and she seemed very happy with the way that her life was going. She was living in Chicago and she was employed at Edgewater Hospital. She had also decided to go back to school and was working on her... I don't know why this word looks so difficult. Doctoral thesis. <laughs> because for some reason, when I saw it, I was like, doctrinal. I'm like, what? I wanted to do the same fuck. I'm like, why am I adding extra letters? <laughs> doctrinal. Doctoral <laughs> thesis in music at Loyola University. Um, and what little free time that she had, she gave piano lessons out of her apart- apart- apartment. Oh, I love that because piano. Monday, February 21st, 1977, had been a routine day for Teresita. She worked her normal shift at the hospital. Then she returned to her apartment building at 2740 North Pine Grove Avenue. Around 7.30, she received a phone call from her friend Ruth Loeb. The two of them talked for about 20 minutes before Teresita told Ruth that she had to get off the phone because she was expecting a male visitor. Ruth didn't ask for the man's name or any other details. Well, why didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I, I wouldn't. If maybe she that. just didn't, you know. I don't know. If you did, I probably would. I'd be like, who is it? Who would it be? <laughs> well, I guess it would probably freak me out more if it was like a single. Fr- I don't know. Like, I don't know. If Rick wasn't here, I'd ask. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I'd even be somebody. Like, but <laughs> even like with you, like, I would be like. Well, no, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't dude. say, like, a guy's coming over. I'd be like, my friend so-and-so is coming Yeah, over. that's... I normally don't leave I out that detail. I feel like that's what would have freaked me out as a friend is like, oh, there's a guy coming over. And I'd be like, what guy? Like, especially... Because if- I always tell you who's coming. Like, if, if I'm having someone over or something, I tell you who it is. I don't... I'm not like, my friend's coming over. That's weird. Well, like, like <laughs> besides this article and, um... We're reading from uh, an article written by Jen Baxter uh, for medium.com. And even from the Unsolved Mysteries episode that I watched and other stuff, um, you know, Teresita was single. So there was never anything to indicate that she was seeing someone or interested in someone or knew someone from the hospital that she was seeing. So I think that's what would have probably been more cause for concern as a friend in my eyes, if she didn't go, oh, so-and-so's coming over, she just went like, oh, there's, I have a guy coming over, or I'm, yeah, like, that's weird to me. That would seem, 
That would seem weird to me. Because as and soon as you would ask. say that, I would ask, and if you wouldn't tell me, bitch, I would be in my Especially car. Especially because she lives by herself. I would be in my car driving fucking over here. Like, who is that? I'm just like, <laughs> how close are her and Ruth? I don't know. Um... But at 8.40 p.m., a couple who lived down the hall from Teresita thought that they had smelled smoke but were unable to determine the cause. Concerned uh, Marid and Catherine Nazi. I would imagine that's not yeah, Nazi Nazi. Pretty sure the case, Silent. Um, placed a call to the building's janitor. He immediately called the Chicago Fire Department and started evacuating residents. By the time firefighters rushed into the building, the hallway where... Marid and Catherine's apartment was located. It's spelled M-A-R-I-D. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Um, where their apartment was located was rapidly filling with smoke. Firefighters had quickly determined that the source of the smoke was from apartment 15B, which was Teresita's apartment. They forced their entry, or they forced entry into her home and were able to extinguish the flames within minutes. Once the fire was out, they were horrified to realize that the blaze had not been accidental. On the floor under a mattress, they found Teresita's body. She was naked and had a kitchen knife planted deeply in the center of her chest. Oof. Me? Okay. <laughs> You're like, am I up? I was like, um, is it my turn? So detectives were called to the scene and confirmed that they were dealing with a homicide. It appeared that whoever had killed Teresita had lit the blaze in order to destroy any evidence of the crime. After killing Teresita, the murderer had thrown a pile of clothing on top of her, then lit the clothing on fire. They had then placed her mattress on top of her and set it on fire as well. Since Teresita had been nude when she was set on fire, detectives believed that she had likely been raped before she was killed. They were surprised when an autopsy showed no signs of sexual assault. While the fire had destroyed some of Pardon me. While the fire had destroyed some potential evidence, police could see that Teresita's apartment had been ransacked and it was clear a struggle had taken place. They were unable to determine if anything was missing from the apartment. Teresita lived alone and no one was sure exactly what items she had in her apartment to begin with. But it was possible that a robbery had taken place. Detectives combed... I almost said combined. Detectives combed through the yeah, apartment. Right. That's what it looked like to me too. Um, looking for any clues that might lead them to her killer, but it appeared the murderer had left no physical evidence behind. <laughs> Who knew that the one time somebody's, like, actually, like, didn't leave any evidence behind and actually did did it this way, that ghost motherfucking came back, bite you in the ass. Big time. I mean, <laughs> it was... It was crazy how easy this guy could have gotten away with this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, completely gotten away with it. One of the few things detectives took as evidence was a memo that Teresita had apparently written to herself reminding her to get theater tickets for A.S. Investigators had no idea who A.S. might be or how recently Teresita had written the note. But they were very interested in locating this mystery person. Homicide detectives spent the next several weeks interviewing Teresita's friends, co-workers, neighbors, and classmates. They learned that she was a quiet, polite woman who was very dedicated to her job, highly regarded by patients. Although she occasionally dated, she had never married and seemed very content with her work at the hospital and her music studies. She had no known enemies, and those who knew her were shocked that someone would have wanted to murder her. During the course of the investigation, detectives learned a lot about Teresita's character, but nothing that led them any closer to her killer. They made several public pleas for assistance, but received very few tips, and the case was unable to develop any solid leads. Only a few months, only after a few months, the case went cold. 
The investigation began to heat up in July of 77 when Detective Joe Stachula arrived at work one morning to find a note on his desk asking him to call the Evanston Police Department about the Bossa murder. Intrigued, the homicide detective immediately called. An Evanston officer told him that they had recently received a call from someone claiming to have information about the murder. The detective was told to get in contact with Dr. Jose, is it Chua? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A doctor who lived in Skokie, a suburb of Chicago. Yeah, that detective, um, Statula, is the one that was uh, on the Unsolved Mysteries episode. Yeah, he was the one that they interviewed. So Detective Statula and his partner, Detective Lee Eplin, arranged to interview the doctor at his home. He did indeed provide them with an information that they needed to finally solve the murder case, but in a way they'd never saw coming. Dr. Chua seemed extremely embarrassed to tell the detectives what he knew. After a few minutes of small talk, he asked them if they had any belief in the occult or the supernatural. The detectives did their best to appear non-judgmental, but as they exchanged glances, it was clear they thought they had come to Skokie for no reason. Finally, Dr. Chua continued. He told the detectives that he believed his wife... Remibios? I think it's pronounced... I, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Rem, uh, Remibios. Okay. Um, but she was always called Remy. Okay, um, we're going to call yeah, her Remy. We'll go by Remy. Um, had been possessed by the spirit of Teresita Bassa. Remy was also from the Philippines, and she had started having strange dreams involving Teresita. She had attempted to ignore them, but one day while she was asleep, she had gone into a trance-like state and started speaking to her husband in a voice that wasn't her own. First of all, if I was her husband, I'd be like, Honey, you good? <laughs> you okay? Yeah, like I would need, I need some more information. Like, I, <laughs> I need, need to know what's going before on. I have an absolute panic attack. I need some information. So apparently, um, and this was something that was mentioned uh, on the Unsolved Mysteries episode, that Remy and Teresita worked at the same hospital, but they didn't work in the same unit. And uh, or, uh, Remy's husband didn't know who Teresita was. So even though they were, Remy wasn't aware that they worked in the same hospital until after she found out about Teresita's murder. And then six months later is when in this trance like state, she sparked, she started speaking in Teresita's voice to her husband. And, but she didn't know Teresita personally. Um, and her husband had never even heard the name before. Like he had no idea. Um, so Dr. Chua told the detectives that Remy had appeared to be almost comatose while she was talking to him, and he didn't recognize the voice that she was using. This voice told him that she was Teresita Bassa and that she needed his help. She claimed that she had been murdered by a man named Alan Showery, and she needed him to go to the police with this information. She insisted that Alan had arrived at her apartment to fix her television, but had killed her instead. She made another plea for him to go to the police, and then the voice faded away. When, when Remy awoke from her nap, she had no knowledge about what had just transpired. When her husband told her about the things that she had said, she just stared blankly at him. Joe, still unsure what he had just witnessed, decided not to call the police. The following week, the same thing happened. Once again, Remy was asleep when she suddenly started talking to Joe in the same voice as before. This time, the voice was angry and demanded to know why Joe had not yet notified the police. 
Joe played along and told the voice that he was a doctor and very scientifically minded, and he was not going to the police without any tangible proof to back up the claim that Alan Showery was Teresita's murderer. Annoyed, the voice that Joe annoyed, the voice told Joe that she could give him proof. She said that Alan had stolen some jewelry from her apartment, several unique pieces that her father had purchased in France and given to her mother. After stealing the jewelry, Alan had given it to his girlfriend. The voice even gave the names and phone numbers of four people that would be able to identify the jewelry. Bitch. This is so crazy. <laughs> um, th this is just insane, the fact that this all really happened. And again, even though there wasn't, you know, the jewelry hadn't come into play yet, the note that Teresita left before she was killed with the initials A.S., I mean, Alan Showery. Like, I know it's a shot in the dark that the initials are the same. Right. But that was one thing um, that Detective uh, Sachula mentioned that, okay, well, at least we p possibly have a name to the initials because they they match up. So, um, still unsure of what was going on, but wanting to save his wife from any more of these episodes, Joe finally decided to call the police. The detectives were skeptical of his claim, but the name Joe was giving them did match the initials, like I mentioned on the memo that Teresita had written. Perhaps there was something to this claim after all. Either way, it was the first lead that they had in months, and they figured it wouldn't hurt to at least check it out. After running a background check on Alan, they were surprised to learn that he lived near Teresita and was also employed at Edgewater Hospital, albeit in a different department. Um, I think he worked in maintenance, if I believe. Um, after speaking with a few of Alan's co-workers, they were taken aback when each one recalled that Alan had indeed mentioned that he was going to fix Teresita's television. The detectives decided it was time to pay Alan a visit. They dropped by his apartment unannounced and found both Alan and his girlfriend, Yanka Kamluk, at home. After exchanging pleasantries, they asked Alan if he would be willing to go down to the police station with them. They told him that they were investigating the murder of Teresita, and they were hoping that he would be able to help them, and Alan agreed. During their interview with Alan, he initially denied ever going to Teresita's home. When they confronted him with the fact that other people had overheard him saying that he was going there to fix her television, he changed his story. He admitted that he had gone to her apartment, but said once he got there, he realized he didn't have the tool that he needed. He left, telling Teresita that he would have to do it another time. He claimed that when he left her apartment, he immediately returned to his own and that he and Yanka had been having some electrical problems, so he went straight home so he could fix their issue. Although the detectives still couldn't believe that they were following up on a tip from a ghost, they were starting to believe that they had the right man. They paused the interview so they could return to Alan's apartment and speak with his girlfriend. Yanka told them that she was unaware of any electrical problems in the apartment. She also noted that Alan would have no idea how to fix any electrical issues anyway. Yeah, the girlfriend told on your ass, dude, so. So the detectives asked her if Alan had given her any jewelry lately. She said he'd given her a couple pieces of jewelry in February, telling her they were belated Christmas gifts. She was actually wearing them at the moment. She pointed out the pendant around her neck and the gold and pearl cocktail ring on her finger. Taking a chance, they asked her if she would mind following them to the police station. Like Alan, she agreed. It was clear she had no idea what was about to happen. Still in disbelief about how the case was turning out, the detectives arranged to have the people who could supposedly identify the jewelry meet them at the station. Once they all arrived, the jewelry was confirmed as that stolen 
as the stolen jewelry from Teresita's apartment. As soon as Alan was confronted with this information, he confessed to the murder. He admitted that he had decided he was going to rob Teresita because he needed rent money, since she was expecting him to come and fix, fix her television. Apparently, he had decided she would give him theater tickets to thank him. She let him into her apartment willingly. As soon as she turned around, he attacked. He told the detectives that he had stripped her clothes off to make it look like it had been sexual assault, and he stabbed her once in the chest. His plan to get enough money to pay his rent failed, though he was only able to find $30. He grabbed some jewelry to make it worthwhile, then started the fire to cover up his crime. I cannot believe this. Like... <laughs> The fact that the family members got there and were like, yep, that's the jewelry. And it's like, what? And these are the same family members that Remy gave the phone numbers to that Teresita told her. This is just so, this is crazy. Uh, and I wouldn't believe it if it hadn't been corroborated. Like this is all in a report and was all corroborated in interview by this detective. This is this is what gets me though is that not only not only did she tell her husband like did she she used someone's body she was a powerful enough spirit to use someone's body to be like hey can you go take care of this for me because some shit went down and, you know, I'm wondering if because it was such a short time, like, I think it was, like, less than six months in between the time that she was murdered from the time that they had, uh, that the Remy started, um, yeah, having this, like, trance-like state and speaking and, and Teresita using her as basically, like, a conduit. Um, I'm wondering if because it was such a short amount of time that Teresita's energy as a spirit was still strong enough that she was able to do that. Like, yeah. because there wasn't a lot of time. Because she had just passed. She had just passed over. So it wasn't like, you know, and there's also those things too where some, you know, where it has been said many times by um, clairvoyants and psychics, real ones, obviously not the fake ass ones, but real ones that have said that uh, people that have died in traumatic instances like murder, like something like Teresita will fight against crossing over because they can't be at rest. They can't be at rest until there's something. Yeah. Until it's like their killers brought to death. Exactly. Or, you know, whatever. Exactly. But I mean, to do it, to have some, I mean, how many unsolved murders are there out, you know, like we've, that's been kind of something we've decided to take on when we do our true crime episodes is unsolved murders because there are so many, there are countless ones and not just, not just famous ones. I mean, there's just, there's so many, there's, there's so many. And this one could have very well ended up being an unsolved murder. I mean, he he did, this guy did everything right to cover this up, yep. and it got really close to just completely, you know, becoming a cold case and shoved under the rug and, and put in a box on a shelf. Could you imagine being him? About, could oh you, could God, you imagine guy, being dude, him? Could you, I, I can't. When you're like, oh my God, I did it. I got away with it. And then you're like, well, a ghost told me. What? <laughs> like, who told who? Who told you what now? What? It's a book, huh? Yeah, that's 
that was my other thing too is what the fuck was going through this guy's head when he realizes he's caught and then ultimately like because it was in the newspapers like to find out how he got caught like because her fucking ghost came back like like that's <laughs> she was like nah bitch like no nah no you're not gonna get away with this shit we got you i got you anyway so he was arrested and charged with murder the case went to trial on january 21st of 1979 but ended in a hung jury four weeks later while he was in a person a person <laughs> while he right. was in a prison awaiting retrial he had a change of heart and decided to plead guilty in exchange for a sentence reduction he was given 14 years for murder four years for robbery and four years for arson Many people whispered that he made the decision to plead guilty after her ghost visited him in prison. Mm -hmm. But the most likely explanation for his change of heart was the fact that his lawyer told him it would be in his best interest. In the end, he served only five years before he was released from prison on parole. That's bullshit. The story about the ghost who solved her own murder made headlines in newspapers across the United States and Canada. But is that really what happened? The detectives involved, the ca involved in the case seemed to believe that is what occurred. Although they were usually skeptical of the paranormal, they told reporters they had no other explanation in this case. Perhaps they didn't look hard enough. It turns out that Remy and Teresita were not complete strangers. Which is exactly why Teresita would have reached out to Remy, because why Why would she use someone she didn't know? That they would make no sense. Yeah, that, that didn't make any sense either. Like, it would not make any sense that it would just be a random person. Um... So, Remy was a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital at one point. Although they never worked on the same shift, they met each other at orientation. Remy did work with Alan, and some people claim she had been afraid of him. Was Remy really possessed by the ghost of a woman she met only a few times? It seems more likely that she suspected Alan killed Teresita, but her fear of him prevented her from going directly to police with this information. So, she made up the claim of Teresita's ghost as a way to rip off police without anyone thinking it was coming from her. Which is absolute fucking bullshit, because how would she have known those details? That's the thing, like, people aren't understanding. How would she have known those details about the jewelry after the police went there and couldn't find anything missing? How? How would she have known that? Even if she was an acquaintance of her at work. I don't pay attention to what, I mean, jobs I've worked at and people I've worked with, I don't pay attention to what jewelry they're wearing. I don't pay attention. Like, I, they weren't friends. They they worked at the same hospital. And and everybody at that hospital knew who Alan Showery was. Like, th that was something that they mentioned in um, that Unsolved Mysteries episode. Was that he was basically a janitor. He worked in maintenance at this hospital. And everybody in the hospital knew who he was. He had actually had... Um, when they looked closer and who knows if the hospital looked into this and maybe they just turned a blind eye to it because he was a janitor, but he had had a criminal record mm -hmm. of like petty theft and assault. So he was, he was a thief, like, and had assaulted people like that was on his record. And so I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if that was something that they didn't go very deep into was like. How far back those charges went? Was that something that the hospital was aware of? Was that something that they just didn't look, you know, did he plea out and plead down to a misdemeanor? And maybe that's why the hospital didn't think to look into it because it didn't come back as felony charges. Like, who knows? You know, this was also in the 70s. Background checks 
were so lax back then compared to what they are now, especially at a fucking hospital. Are you kidding me? Look, from somebody that's worked in the medical field, to work in any position at a fucking hospital, whether you're a janitor or a goddamn doctor, the amount of paperwork, background checks, references, fingerprints, fucking literally everything. You get every kind of check imaginable. They want blood. They want pee. They want everything. They want your name. They want your soul. They want your fucking, like, there's no, there's, there's no getting away with anything if you have any type of a criminal record. So who knows what was going on with Alan's case back in the 70s. But it was revealed later by the police that he did have a criminal record of theft and petty, petty theft and assault. So this was something every, it wasn't just Remy or Teresita who knew Alan at this hospital. Everybody knew Alan at this hospital. And everybody thought Alan was kind of a shifty guy. Like they all just kind of said he was sort of like, and the nurses that the police interviewed later that had mentioned um, Teresita said that Alan had offered to work on her TV. They were even sort of like, hey, you know, be kind of careful. Like, you know, he, even they sort of kind of warned her that like, maybe there was kind of, but I, you know, Teresita was a, was a nice person. Maybe she just didn't think anything of it. Just thought like, okay, maybe, maybe he's just an awkward guy, but hell, if he can fix my TV for cheap, I'd rather him do it than have to pay somebody else to do it. And it cost me too much money. You know what I mean? Like she probably just wasn't thinking anything of it. So that's why I don't under, I don't like people being skeptical of this because I also go back to what you said that to me, it would make sense that Teresita would want to go to somebody that she knew. Also, this is another thing. I don't know if the article mentioned this, but this was mentioned on the Unsolved Mysteries episode. And I think this was even a bigger connection that they shared. Remy and her husband were also Filipino, like Teresita. So there's that, there's that familial cultural connection they're both from the same country you know they speak the same language even though obviously at this time they both spoke english but you know what i mean like that could have given teresita even more of a reason to trust remy to use her as a conduit to uh tell to tell someone that she had been murdered and this is who murdered and this is who did it so i feel like not only them working in the same place, but also having those cultural ties um, would give Teresina even more of the reason. It would to also go to make her. sense to go to her too because she knows who the killer is. Like, okay, and she's so, also seen Alan too, so she would be able right. to ID Alan right anyway. Exactly. But my whole thing is, as a work acquaintance, how do you explain her not only knowing the jewelry? But the names and phone numbers of Teresita's friends and family members that could corroborate what jewelry was on Teresita. How would Remy know? How would Remy know to do that? They weren't friends. I'm how would even she my know to friends do that? at work that are my even people that aren't my coworker friends. You sitting there right now. I have not once looked at your ears. I have not once paid attention to the nose ring in your nose. I haven't paid attention to any of that shit. And I see you all the time. And there's, oh, well, you see people at work every day. Okay. The people that I see at work every day. 
Beth wears rings every single day, but I couldn't give you, I couldn't tell you what the fuck they oh, are. Oh, yeah. I had coworkers. I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what earrings. I couldn't tell you what nope. glasses. Nope. I couldn't tell you what necklace. What I I, I just, who, no, people don't pay attention to that kind of thing. No. At all. Especially with a coworker. You know, it's <laughs> not, I mean, but like I said, even if you're close coworkers, nobody pays attention to that kind of no. thing. And no coworker is going to know the names and families or even like super close friends. Like, I don't know your fucking mom's phone number. Like, who's going to know? You don't know my mom's phone number? No. I have to tell you that. Okay. <laughs> We're going to call her on Sunday. Okay. See how she's doing. Don't um, call her on Sunday. She'll be at church. Well, after church. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to know. Like, nobody nobody's going to know. Nobody. Nobody's going to know. And. Uh, <laughs> your well, just anything like I don't know, you know, like your a uh, a uh, aunt, uh, whatever. Like you don't know my fucking aunt's phone number. Like people don't know random things I almost, like that. About I honestly someone. don't even know your phone number by heart. Right, I don't. The only phone God numbers, cell phones. Once it's programmed, the in only there, phone like, numbers that I know ether. are mine. My mom's, my dad's, and mom and dad's home phone number. Yeah, I know mine, I know my husband's, and I know my dad's. That's the only phone numbers I have memorized. That's it. Same. I don't even know my sister's. It's seven something. That's all I know. <laughs> so. You're like seven and some other numbers. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. <laughs> You're like, there's a seven in there somewhere. Call um, 1-800-STEAMER. Stanley Steamer gets carpet cleaner. I think there's only going to be a few select people that probably know that. Okay. if you're from Ohio, you do. <laughs> there's people in Texas like what <laughs> the fuck? Four, four, four. They got to Google like four, what the fuck four, is a four, Stanley four. steamer. Like <laughs> for more, call wait for more of the what is the fucking general one? Call for the general. Call the general. Save some time. I don't remember. I can't remember. I think the, the general, general one is probably known better because Shaq's Shaq's <clears throat> done bought that shit now. And when I say Hillshire, you say farm. Hillshire, go meet. He bought what the general and Papa John. <laughs> he owns like the fuck. Shaq just owns like random. So um, the woman who wrote this in her opinion, believes that um, Remy went to the police basically making up her ghost um, without anyone thinking that it was actually coming from her. I completely disagree with that. Excuse me. Um, Even if Remy did make up the story about being possessed by Teresita, the claim did have some beneficial results. A murderer was caught and held accountable for what he did. And people still remember Teresita's name. The case got no publicity when she was first murdered, and it was the claim of the paranormal that won over the news media. Teresita Basa will forever be remembered as the woman who solved her own murder. I mean, yeah, that is true. It's, uh, you know, the claim, the claim of it being her coming back from the grave to solve her own murder, it did. It made, it made worldwide news. It ended up on Unsolved Mysteries. It obviously did bring a lot to the case um i just love the fact I, that i just i feel like there's just two again 
what we brought up before. There's too much to say that this is just something that's random. Like, I, I don't... There's the, no way she could have known those details. And there's no, yeah, no. other explanation. The, the, the husband, her husband said it wasn't her voice. Well, and the husband didn't know who Teresita was. That's the thing. Even if Remy and Teresita worked in the same hospital, when, when her husband was hearing her at night in that trance, he didn't know who the fuck Teresita was. He had no idea who Teresita was. So there you go. There you have someone who's totally independent of the whole thing. Like, he doesn't know. And again, I'm sorry, the whole thing about the jewelry and the phone numbers and the names of the people, like that right there. You know who else didn't know? Scotty. Um, Scotty didn't know. I don't think Scotty still doesn't. Scotty, Scotty doesn't know. still doesn't know. He still um, doesn't know. God damn it, Scotty. But yeah, that that alone to me, if, if that isn't, I don't know what more you need than that. Like that's just fucked up. That is not something that someone is just going to randomly know, especially a random coworker that you really don't even, even like, know like that I well. said, even my close coworkers, even that I would don't be fucking close, know. Yeah, wouldn't have a clue. Like you just wouldn't. That wouldn't be something that you would think to ask or give. Like, and especially doesn't... to have those phone numbers memorized. Why the fuck would you know that? Why would you have those exactly. phone numbers memorized? Yes, I understand it was back in the day when you did that because you didn't have cell phones, but still. Why do you have those phone numbers memorized? Well, I think the other big thing, too, like you said, the fact that the husband was very insistent that he heard someone else's voice come out of his wife's mouth, and it was not her voice. He didn't know what Teresita sounded like, well, no. but he definitely knew that it wasn't his wife's voice. Hello? Hello? I mean, come on now. You're going to know. That's... You're going to know that. You, you're married. You've been with somebody long enough. You're going to know what their voice sounds like. And if that's not their voice, what the fuck then? You know what I mean? Like, this guy was probably terrified. I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for that husband. Well, and especially it happening at night. And he's thinking that she's just, you know, dreaming, talking in her sleep. I mean, my husband talks in his sleep. He has said some wacky shit. My dad sings in his fucking sleep. I'm oh my like, God, what that the hell so that shit's about? But I mean, if one of them just started going, I'm the ghost of, and I need you to solve my work, I'd be like, hold up now. I am not. I'd be like, this. hold on. Start over. I'd be like, what? Record. Okay, go ahead. Uh, like, what? Yeah, I mean, that's. And especially if they were talking in a and voice that wasn't theirs. And it sounded like somebody theirs. else's voice. Oh, my God. Bitch, you better call me. I don't give a fuck oh, what time of day it is. I would call you immediately because I'd be terrified. Because even I'd be like, yeah, that's not his voice. What the fuck? The yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, my God. I'm not even married to him and I know his voice. Like, no. This story fucked me up so bad. I had to, like, <laughs> I, as soon as scared to death in the episode, I had to look into this because I was like, this is the craziest story I've ever heard. Like, it's been a plot in a movie, but I mean, this really happened. This really actually happened. So never commit murder, not because it's wrong, 
But because the ghosts will come back and bite you in the come ass. Come back and get your ass. <laughs> like, that's, that was my biggest thing with this. Like, not only is it... That's the most think, ultimate revenge. Like, well, and the also thing that was cool about this, too, is I think for people that... So, um, what I love about Scared to Death is that not only is it a husband and wife team, they're also both very different in how they view the paranormal you have one that's sort of like don't die don't die um what's like happening? please don't die. um you have one that's a very healthy it's okay i'll skeptic. come back you. okay I'm with it. um you have one that's a very healthy skeptic but you also have one that's kind of like all in for the most part like uh and and i love that because I feel like that's a good dynamic that works because is he skeptical or does he believe he's just like eh? He's more skeptical for sure. Because I I kind of thought yeah, he was. He is definitely more yeah. more skeptical. Because sure. now that you're saying that, I'm going through all the couples that I know, and I'm like, oh, she's right. Because yeah, no, Kyle he's... is a little bit more skeptical. But he definitely and, believes, and I think, and he so believes, does Kyle. But he believes enough that he's just like, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm I not believe go. you, like <laughs> I believe, and I'm not going. And yeah, and he he very much believes in attachments. Yeah, he's a huge believer in attachments. He's a huge believer in you can something can either touch you or touch an object and you can bring it home with you. He is a big believer in that. And he's like, yeah, you're not, I'm not going anywhere that I could potentially bring anything into my home. Cause we're both very, which anybody should be, but we're both very much like our home is our sanctuary. It's our safe well, that's space. Why when we go our, to yeah. places, me and you cleanse before we cleanse always, after. Always. You know, we yeah, definitely make given. sure because my whole, my room is my sacred space. Right. It should be anybody's room, their home. The only spirits that are allowed in there are the ones that I allow. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, he's a big believer in that. And and I I am too. Do you ever watch those shows where people start like the haunted shows where people like they have attachments and the beginning of it goes, so I was in this place and I took this home and you're like, <laughs> like this one you're woman like what this woman was straight up like I took this rock from a cemetery and I'm like, you why, took what yeah from exactly, a what exactly and you're just like why <laughs> oh Jesus ma'am why. <laughs> Why? You mean uh, Jesus? Yeah, no. I've I've heard that. I would never. I would never. Well, they made a movie about the movie was trash, but they made a movie about that too, where that kid took a sacred rock from some place, and then it was the it was trash. The movie was trashola, but it was basically that. Like he took a sacred rock, and then all of a sudden he started to become possessed, and. There was like just shit going down, but like I believe, I believe in that. Oh stuff. yeah, absolutely. Like, I, would I would never. No, no. I don't even. And this is something that I really noticed that I did at that antique shop. Do you remember when I told you me yeah. that we went antiquing? When I'm in a place where I feel uncomfortable, where I feel spirits, usually. I, and I know you guys can't see me 
but I do this with my hands. I hold my hands very, very, I hold them together and I hold them very close to my body. And the reason is because I don't want to touch something mm-hmm. to get an attachment. Now, obviously, you know, you can do cleansings and stuff like that. But if I can avoid having an attachment, I'm going to avoid it. And when we were walking through, and I was walking through an antique shop, I was walking with one of my best friends, and I literally was walking through with my hands on my stomach. And my friend was like, are you okay? And I'm like, something is in this area, and I don't want to touch anything. Because I don't know what it's attached to. I don't know where I'm feeling it from. And I'm not going to take the chance on touching anything. Now, when we rounded the corner and went down this other aisle, gone. Like, I didn't feel like that at all. I felt like I could reach out my hands. I wasn't, like, off. But when you start seeing me, like, pull my hands into my body like that, something's up. Because I'm like, nope, no touchy. I no touch. I keep my hands to myself. Well, it's like a protective... It's like you're creating a protective barrier because i do I, I imagine myself surrounded by light and yeah I protect my, to protect myself and i keep my hands in that barrier but anyway <laughs> oh yeah no that's the best for that's the that is always the best thing to do i have recommended that to people before um it's something i learned years ago that to envision protective white light around you if you ever feel like you're in any type of if if uh, any type of danger, any place that feels negative, um, or da- you know, just any anything, like your intuition. Sometimes I think there's some people that when they don't know what an empath is, and then they discover what it is, they go, "Oh, that's what that was," and it's kind of like a heightened sense of intuition. Um, I mean, I think all people have like a certain sense of intuition, but when you're, when you're an empath, I mean, it is a high, it is very, very, very high. I mean, like you, you feel it. And it's really funny too, because there are many times where I've claimed something as my intuition. And then when I get out of the situation and I go back and look, I realize that my intuition was actually telling me the complete opposite. Right. And... You know, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, that wasn't my intuition. Now, there are there are instances where my intuition will tell me something, and it ends up being 100% true. And I'm like, oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes when they say the term, trust your gut, you know that feeling. Mm. If you get around a certain person and you feel off, trust it. With everything in you, there is a reason you feel off. Trust it. If you get around a new person and you feel really good around that person, trust that too. It's not always a bad thing. Your intuition can point you in very good directions as well. So never, if you're around a person and you're like, oh, I feel really good around this person, that's a good sign. Your intuition's telling you, hey, this person gives you good vibes. Now, unfortunately, the good d- does not outweigh the bad, but you know, that's just because people <laughs> you, you ever um, get into a crowded area or you go somewhere public and you just get this pit in your stomach mm-hmm. and you're like time to go because mm-hmm. <laughs> someone around you is just fucking either just evil just plain evil or just awful like trust that get out of there 
Oh yeah, I have just, well, and again, I think this just goes back to like being protective of yourself and, and your space. Like I just leave immediately. Like yeah. I'm, I'm very protective of my space and myself and any time if I, if I don't, I don't care what it is. As soon as that feeling comes on, I'm out. Cause I'm like, I don't even, I don't want to know. I'm protective of me and my space. I'm leaving. Like, I don't even... Well, it's just like the conversations me and you have every time we go somewhere haunted. Like, we've we've had the conversation where when we go to the West Virginia Penitentiary, if we walk in and we both kind of have that feeling, we're just leaving. Like, we're not going to risk our spiritual state to, you know, to, you know, ghost hunt. It's, it's, It's not worth it. It's not worth... Because you're not only going to bring something home on you, that's going to start affecting the people around you, that's going to affect your sacred space, that's going to, it just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. So, and there, this, this place has the potential of us walking in and being like, nope, and then leaving. But we're going to try. And I thought about that. So. You know, but like. But what's, what's to say, you know, you, you're not going to know unless you try. You're, you're really not going to know, especially about a lot of haunted places. Like, obviously, there are places we are going to avoid, because we know. But some places you just don't. And it's right. kind of like a trial and error type deal. And you don't know, and again, like, you don't know until you get there. You I will never no go idea. to Bobby Mackey's. I will never go to, there was another place. What was it? There was another place. That's kind of like Bobby Mackey's, but I can't, I can't remember. Anyway, when we, when you know there's a demon there, that's just a hard pass. I'm not going to. Well, yeah, yeah. There you go. No. Any place that you know <laughs> is purported demonic activity, it's just, yeah. It, you know, we, I, I've had an, I was, I was under really heavy oppression from a demon for a pretty long period of time. And they're like, yeah, no, it, it's just, they, it's just, too, it's too easy for an attachment to happen, especially with a demon. It's just way too easy. It's yeah. way too easy. Like you could, you could think you're strong willed, strong willed and strong minded <laughs> and there'd be, you know, like no way they are stronger than you. <laughs> like trust and believe that and I just I have no desire to invite that into my life in any way shape or form ever again like no, that was just thank too much you. anyway so guys that's all we had on this episode yeah. I loved I loved that story I just I absolutely it was just loved... a neat story like I hope you guys enjoyed it I you know uh, if I'm sure some of you may have never heard it before maybe some of you did maybe some of you guys I didn't know about it until you told me yeah I I didn't you know I used to watch Unsolved Mysteries back in the day but this was back in the early 90s so specific episodes I what, don't, you don't remember, remember that? Uh, you know just off the top I can't of, even fucking just off the top of my head like you know 25 years ago I just <laughs> I don't recall unfortunately um <laughs> I don't retain that type of information unlike I guess most people um <laughs> I'm not so a lot going on what's going on you know the song time. how long has this been going on my brain's like how much is going on <laughs> 
But I don't think most people, even if they watched those episodes, distinctly remember this one. And again, it wasn't really until that scared to death episode that I was like, holy shit, what is this story? And then it, you know, was able to find the actual Unsolved Mysteries episode. So again, like I said, if you guys want to watch it, it's um, season two, episode 19 on Tubi of the uh, old Unsolved Mysteries episodes back in the 90s. I think that one actually aired in 1990 or 1991, one of them. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Like I said, because they interview the detective uh, and um, the case itself is just neat. Like I said, you know, whatever anybody wants to believe, I believe it 100%. And I think it's one of those things that it would turn someone that's a re I think that this is one of those stories that someone who is a really healthy skeptic would go, okay, you got me. You got me with this one because I can't, you know. Like the fuck? <laughs> it, went, it went to trial. There's police saying, it. you know, like what? what else? what you know how how much more would you would you need yeah i think this is a really for a healthy skeptic this is a really good story for sure a really good story yeah so next week guys we're going to be talking about selkies yeah and if you everyone's going the fuck this was a really unusual cryptid that I came along just kind of ran. I, I seriously randomly found it on Instagram, just a random weird page on Instagram. And I was like, I have never fucking heard of this legend before. I've never heard of this cryptid before. I mean, I guess kind of a cryptid, but just this, it, it's, it kind of falls along the line of, of mermaids. It's, it's a little, it's a little mermaid, little siren ish. It's got a lot of that going on, but I've never, and it's, I think because it's, it's isolated to one, I think it's what, Dutch? It's just one main area of the country. Like if you're not from that area of the country, you wouldn't, this isn't a well-known legend. This isn't like, you know, like everybody knows about mermaids. Everybody knows about Bigfoot, sirens, Bigfoot, you know, legends like that, but there's some legends, well, like when we did Mikele Membe, you know, that's only known around the Congo. That wasn't something that's a well, that's not a very worldwide well-known legend. There are some cryptid legends that are only isolated to certain parts of the world. So it's kind of neat to come along to ones where you're like, I have never fucking heard of that before because it was only isolated to this one area. Um, yeah, you sent me the message and you were like, have you heard of this? Have you heard of Selkies? And I was like, I have a friend with the last name Selkie. Right. I love mermaids. <laughs> and that's why personally for me, this was such a neat story because it's so, it's so such they're a neat seal legend. people. Yeah. So basically the way the legend goes is that in this one particular town at night on like a certain day. And there's something about the day. I don't know if there's like religious significance to the day. I don't know because we'll have to get into it on the episode. But there's something about like on this specific day that seals, that these seal people come out at night at midnight. Um, specifically, well, and again, this all goes back to the mermaid thing. Specifically women. And they shed their seal skins. And they're these beautiful women. And uh, that this one particular like shipping village or whaling village that men from the town will see these beautiful women and try to catch one 
before daybreak when they turn back into seals again and jump back into the ocean. So it's very like that. I mean, it's the same with mermaids. It's a very right. like, you know, that's amazing. Men, it's men that uh, live at sea or work at sea, um, that work in shipping villages or fishing villages or lighthouse care or whatever. It's very, it's a very isolated work. And a lot of these little towns don't have women. And these guys are away from women for months, years at a time on these shipping and fishing vessels, you know, for work, basically. So that's where a lot of these legends with mermaids and stuff like that happen is because these men were basically lonely and horny. And they just, any, anything, looks, <laughs> anything looks like a woman. So, oh my God. you know, they just, a seal looks like a chick, a fucking manatee looks like a chick, a Barbara fucking whatever. Manatee. God damn. I mean, like, just these, it's just so funny how majority I of these dead. legends come out of just lonely, horny men thinking that they see you know, a woman. You no, think about this. Just, just, just humor me. Could you go that long without seeing a woman? No. I couldn't. No. Have you seen women? I mean, a man... Yeah. Oh, I, I literally could women, go my entire life without ever seeing another man again. Same. <laughs> like, uh, same. But same. women... Um, yeah, I mean... Have you seen... Have you... I couldn't. Months. 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 Bitch, I can't even go days. On just like an island. And there's... No women. And you're like, that, you're like, yo, that manatee's looking kind of hot. Like, I mean, it gets like that serious. I'm like, put a wig and some lipstick. I don't motherfucking know. Like, we can make this work. Or <laughs> so awful. Oh my god. So did we? I think awful. we just went into bestiality for a moment. We did. It's fine. You know, it went there. This is, that's what it was. This is what I would have to do. I would have to get a woman tattooed on my body just so I had something to masturbate to. You'd have to do something. Because I I I couldn't go. Well, you know, that was the whole thing with those those uh those I don't know what the fuck they're called, but um, you know, on the front of those old ships. Yeah, the, the, the woman, the woman, the woman carvings. carvings. Mm -hmm. That was another. Th that was another thing. That makes perfect sense. Because again, you have no woman, you have no porn. There's no woman. So those those things were always. So you know, if you especially if you had money, some of those things were so intricately carved, and would look like these beautiful women. You always had these voluptuous breasts. They always had these beautiful faces and flowing hair. I do enjoy it voluptuous was, breasts. It was always a thing because these men, you're on these ships alone. There's no women. You have no idea the next time you're going to see a woman. That's why I love Pirates of the Caribbean because Elizabeth was always like, everyone was always so crazy over Elizabeth because Elizabeth was like the only woman. Because she was the only one. You're the only <laughs> vagina. <laughs> The only one, bitch. Don't be flattered. You're the only you're, one. That's, that's all. You're it. Or they would have, again, fucked a manatee like Christopher Columbus did. Yeah, look into that. <laughs> Thanks, TikTok. God damn it. I was like, this motherfucker, if he couldn't get any worse, he fucked manatees. It's great. It's great. 
Well, at least one. He he at least maybe one. maybe and wrote it in his journal. Maybe he was gay and he was trying to figure it out. I don't know. Are you assuming the manatee's gender? <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you just assume, ma'am? I am a piece that of the manatee. I am a piece of shit. Okay, I'm a piece of shit. That I assumed that manatee's gender was a male. He used the pronoun she in his journal. So how the fuck did he know? How the fuck? Well, apparently he knew. Well, I guess if he fucked it, I, I guess I, he knew. Well enough. If you fuck something, I would hope you know the gender of it. Thanks I've again, TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so he saw that manatee and he'd be like, I feel like fucking something. I'm gonna need somebody to do that. Somebody get on that right now. Like fucking dress something. up like dress up, get like a picture of a manatee, and then somebody dress up like Christopher Columbus. And I'm gonna need somebody to do that on TikTok right the fuck now. Wait till Columbus. Oh, wait shit. till Columbus Day. Oh, I'm and so do it. sorry. I oh, no, you're fine. You. So much happened. <laughs> wait till Columbus Day. I want somebody to do it. Or Indigenous People's Day, because fuck Columbus Day. But I want somebody to do it. Well, no, that's... we can't call it Indigenous People Day and do something like that. We have to call it Columbus Day and, and make, fun, make of fun of him. That's true. And then hashtag fuck Columbus Day. Actually, no, it'd be hashtag fuck manatees. Hashtag Columbus fuck manatees on this day. Hashtag I feel like fucking... <laughs> Okay, so guys, that's what we're talking about next I week. Really like um, people to Christopher Columbus because this is what we do. Because TikTok. Anyway, um, yeah, um, next week. That's men. next week. Yes. Um, and I thought five. you said next week two men, and I was no, like, two no, men? What? Are we back on this? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> There's also five Wednesdays. We got an extra Wednesday this month, so we that's... do. And the last Wednesday is going to be all about pride. Oh, yeah, of course. Two men. Y'all Two thought, women. Y'all thought we forgot. Y'all thought we forgot. And we are going to be including the bisexuals and the pansexuals, goddammit, because... Yes. We include the pride. We include everyone. Every... It's like I told everybody, this is my birthday month and pride month, so I'm, like, extra obnoxious. You have every right. I feel to be. like queer. I feel like queer Gemini's born in the month of June. We're like extra. It's true. I feel like y'all. We're are like, like extra. Obnoxious. It's like double our month, guys. Because y'all aren't like I'm gay. You're like I'm gay. <laughs> exactly. That's a pretty, pretty accurate representation. Gay. 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 <laughs> Yay! 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 Well, you police! SpongeBob, goddammit. Anyway, um, so of course you know our socials Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at DFWTO Podcast. Handle is DFWTO8811. Make sure you follow us there. Please um, follow and subscribe on Spotify, Podbean, featured on Podbean right now. Yay! iTunes and Google Podcasts. Rate us. Let everyone know what you think. And um, that way, you know, every time we put out a new episode, just in case it might be delayed due to some unknown reason. So, guys, have a nice week. Be safe. Be good. And remember, don't, don't fuck, fuck with, with the, the original. original. I feel like fucking... <laughs>
stuck in my head now. We could be calling. Can't 